Hi, everybody. This is Martin Patella for Life Enthusiast Podcast. And today I have decided to again invite Scott Patton, my long-term collaborator, to do one of our annual let's review the year that's been and let's look forward into the year that is coming our way. Scott Patton, my good friend, welcome. Thank you, Martin. Happy to be here again. This is Life Enthusiast Co-op, restoring vitality to you and the planet. Scott has got this wonderful radio voice that uh, I do not possess. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think I do when I listen to myself, but I appreciate that. So yeah, yeah we've been we've been doing this sort of thing for fifteen years, at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah. we were really young guys. When we started, I was just oh my goodness. thinking yeah. back. My my seventieth birthday just went by a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm thinking, oh my, <laughs> I'm clearly running out of excuses. Whatever I have not done, I might not finish in my lifetime. <laughs> that that's uh, yeah. My mom's ninetieth birthday is coming up, and. I remember on her uh, 80th birthday, I said to her, I can't believe you're 80. And she said, I can't believe I have a 60-year-old son. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever of her. I asked my 80-something-year-old yeah. mother, do you remember yourself as 18? And she says, absolutely. It's all there, as fresh as ever. Yep, that's right. And then it's I thought quite to myself, a... go on. I was going to say, it's been quite a year, Martin, and um, I want to do a testimonial. Because I've been th thinking about this a little bit. And one of the reasons why I want to do it is um, I have a friend who has diabetes. And for the last two years, he's had blotches on his legs. And he just recently, he was going to hyperbarics, I think, an oxygen therapy thing. That really helped him. And it got him to the point where he could actually have an operation. He's had a hole in his foot for two, two or three years. And of course, I didn't know this until he had his operation and he was healing, right? And uh, yeah, so I was like, for two years, I've been trying to heal this hole on my foot. And then we had an, they had an operation. I think they removed a toe. And I mean, so it was pretty serious um, stuff going on with him in, in terms of healing. And, and I, so there, that was one conversation. And then the other part of this is what happened to me this year, which I was bitten by a black widow spider in my back. And it was kind of like, oh, what's that? And I reach back and I pull this thing and I look at it and it's like a bunch of really mean looking spider legs and then a black body. And I, the way I held it, the legs fell off. <laughs> so, as I'm like looking at it this close, right? And it had the, the red triangle thing. And I was like, but I didn't know what a black widow spider looked like. I just thought like, oh, you know, and I had a little bit, a little bit of an itch or whatever, but no problem. By the next day, I was in bed, pretty much unable to get up, sweaty, shaky, sicker than a dog. And in two days, I had um, this much of my back was red, inflamed, infected. And so then I ended up spending about seven or eight days in a hospital in Honduras. And um, they finally got 
super, super, like they had basically just stuck a tube in here and they just put antibiotics in it until it was amazing, you know, and it's amazing what other things that I've been, been bugging me for a long time were cleared up by the antibiotics. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. I no longer have this going on or I no longer have that going on. The antibiotics finally got rid of that, but, you know, minor little things. And, but they finally got all the pus and everything into one place. And then they did an operation and they cut a hole, no word of a lie, that was that long. And basically the height of my finger and the depth of my finger. Underneath our skin, we look like a good steak. I can totally get cannibalism now that I couldn't get before. And of course, I told my friend who's gone through all this stuff for the last few years uh, about it. And then... You know, so I basically had wide open interior flesh exposed to air and bacteria and everything that's in the air. So every day I'd have to go in. Well, after a little while of just being in the hospital, I said, you can go home. And every day I'd have to go back and they would clean it. And then, yep. and after a month, you know, and every, every so often they take a picture and it'd get a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. So in about um, a month and a half, it had closed up. So I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, but my friend is going, oh my God, you heal really fast because I've had the same sort of problem and it's been two years. Yeah. And I just think, oh my God, I am so glad I don't have two years of doing this, right? And so then it's like, well, why, why did this heal so well and heal so quickly, right? And part of it is, in my whole, in my mind, I'm going, you know, I love you, hold my back, please, you know, get better, heal. And I'm visualizing it healing. And so there is a mental and emotional aspect to it and a spiritual aspect to it, I guess, too, because I would pray for my health. Um, but then there's the physical part of it, right? Like I couldn't shower. Well, I could shower, but I could only shower like half my body, you know, and, you know, what I eat and that sort of stuff. And, but I think, that a big, big part of it is two products that Life Enthusiast has that I just think are life-saving products. And I have one of them with me right now. It's Lazarus. It's the most expensive superfood that Life Enthusiast has. And it was designed to rebuild the body when a whole bunch of shit hit the fan. And I've been, I don't know if it's four years, five, like when did you, whenever it came out, I started getting, I went from iridescent to this, right? Because yes. I figured if Javari was going to make this to keep him healthy as healthy could be, and it had everything he thought of in, you know, like his expertise and his knowledge and his history and his, yeah. you know, everything, you know, and his sons, then I'm going to go over with that as long as I can afford it. And so this is something that for the last, is it five years now? It's got to be yes. five years. It's been that long. Yeah. So for five years, I would say eight, seven to eight bottles a year, because there's been months where I miss it, right? Like I run out yeah. and then it takes a while to get it and all the rest of it. So, and also I think you should take a break. Like, I'm not sure that you should eat this, like you shouldn't eat an apple a day for every day of your life. You know, probably be okay, but you know, take a week off. And so there's there's been some months where I haven't had there this. There is seasonality. Had... Yeah, there is seasonality in nature, and we should have seasonality in our foods. Right. And part of that is just listening to the body. Because there are times when I've had the Lazarus, you know, here. And I and my habit is in the morning, that's my breakfast. But there are mornings where I go, 
And I, I don't even really think about it. It's just kind of like, no, I'm not having it this morning. So you know, the season, speaking to the seasonality, like you don't want to be obsessive over it. But right. I really feel like this is one of the products that really has helped me come back from that injury. The other one, and I just got here, I'm in uh, Florida right now from Panama, and I haven't fully unpacked. And so in my clothes wrap somewhere is nanosoma. <laughs> yeah. I was afraid I was going to get it wrong. And I've been taking that. I don't know how long now, but easily six or eight months. Yeah. Just in the morning and in the evening, got three or four or five sprays in my mouth. And I don't understand it at all, but all I know is what Martin told me. And I totally trust Martin with my life and and my soul and everything else so um and he said it's it's going to help repair any dna damage and fix things up and so my second story is for the last seven or eight or nine years i've had sore knees it's not unusual for people my age to have sore knees one of my knees it's like a needle sticking in it sometimes when i'm walking when i'm going uphill or when i'm going downhill and to my shock and amazement, I walk pain-free. And I don't know if it's, you know, walking along the beaches and grounding. That <laughs> helps. The last six it months. <laughs> Feeling the salt water against my ankles and stuff. Uh, and the odd, odd, uh, odd uh, big wave that I misjudge hitting my knees and splashing on them. Uh, but I think the nanosoma, between the nanosoma and the Lazarus, that whatever's going on with my knees is is really improved it. Like, I just can't believe I'm walking and I'm not. And of course, these are things that you don't think about because, unless you really stop and say, okay, what were my knees like, like two years ago? Oh, yeah, like I remember that was really painful going up that hill or going down that hill because it just happens and then you just think oh my knees are fine i don't even think about it and then you don't realize yeah what you've got you know i'm really really grateful for those these these two pro i think there could be other ones that like the turmeric the squirty turmeric thing yeah. but uh, these are the two that i'm going to blame yeah i can put it that way because i really feel like they have made a total difference yeah. and to the point where where i'm staying right now a very good friend of mine has had stem cell in stuff right? and i was telling and i was telling her about my knees and she says oh yeah this would be perfect you get the stem cells into your knees and so i was looking into it and all the rest of it and to be quite honest i want to be as natural and organic and unpruned as possible right like i don't want people sticking stuff into me if i can avoid it and well the stem cell thing is not a bad idea it's it's quite ecological but it's about $6,000. I don't know if she mentioned that. No, uh, the where's where she goes is closer to 10 or 20. But I mean, it's still okay. Well, then I each, mean, right? Six each, that's 12, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Each time you do it. And uh, I would rather just spend the money on Lazarus and Nanosoma and not right. have to do that. There's one other thing that I wish that I knew about your friend and his hole in the foot. We do have a product under the skin sorcery label uh, called trauma gel 
And trauma gel is actually helping people who have these unhealing openings to heal over and clear. I mean, we've had a guy with a whole this big size of a half dollar on the bottom of his foot. And uh, two months later, it's healed over. Not two years, right? And these people, right. with especially with diabetes, they do have a horrendous time with healing. They don't do I'll tell them. I'll tell them. And I'm glad you brought that up. Trauma gel is one of the most important things I have with me when I travel, because if you get a scrape or a scratch or whatever, you're in an, a foreign environment, who knows? And so I'm constantly putting it on small holes in my, you know, yeah. or yeah. you know, in my, on my legs or what, and right. it's mosquito bites and all the rest of it. And once it had got to the point where um, it had kind of healed over, then I started putting it on uh, your, putting it on my back, right? Yeah, your spinder wound, your spinder wound is what now a scar about four inches long kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, that's uh, that's that's what killed Javari. You know, Javari oh, had had Javari had a spider bite. Oh, I didn't know that. Then, oh yeah, which then evolved into this something that was about the size of an avocado under his skin, and uh, in it didn't get treated right. Instead of lancing it and sucking it out, the doctors squeezed it. But in the process of squeezing oh, no. it, it actually burped back into the body rather than out of the body. So he now had circulating poisons and the uh, after effect of the poisons. And then he developed a flesh-eating staphylococcal disease. When staphylococcus gets inside you rather than just on the surface, that's known as the flesh-eating disease. Once that was inside him... They were going to amputate his leg, and then they know they put him on crazy antibiotics. And mm -hmm. uh, Cipro is one of them that they used. And that unfortunately has many side effects. And in his case, it killed his kidneys and his pancreas. And so I was very lucky then because it, one of the things that the surgeon said is that we took out a lot of flesh because it just looked like it was being eat. It was being eaten. That was necrosis. To... Yeah, it was. Yeah. Necrosis. So they, and they just big slice and they just scraped it out. And yep. it was really weird going under. I think that was the only time I've ever gone, you know, they put you gas and then you're just out. Right. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, just sort of breathe normally. I says, okay. And like, when is this going to happen? And the next thing I know we're over, it's over and I'm awake yeah, and they're done. It's like, oh, well, you're waking uh, up from the uh, narcosis. Yeah. 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 So, so anyway, Martin, just wanted to say thank you very much. You know, it was American Thanksgiving just a week or two ago and uh, the work that you're doing with Lazarus and the other products that you have in your store from the, yeah. And so here, you are. One. Yeah. so here you so are telling you. a story of humanity and how fragile we are and how, how thin the interface is between I'm doing okay and I'm going doing not okay and I'm going to probably die. Like this could have been a terminal event for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But for some reason, you, your mission is not done. Thank God. 
I, I think this is the reason. That's just me. Okay, that's cool. And so, um, your story of uh, venoms reminds me, of course, of the uh, recent discoveries of the um, alternative health practitioners who have finally figured out that the uh, the thing that came at us from Wuhan, China, that has been so popular with the scaremongers of the world has not been a natural thing. It has been developed in a lab, in a military operation, and most of the things that come with it are, in fact, peptides that are copies of what's in these toxic elements. They're called venoms. And these venoms are from spiders, from snakes, and from cone shells, which are toxic um, or poisonous undersea creatures. Mm -hmm. And so these things are now distributed either through the aerosolized transmission of the thing that we would call natural, which is in the wild, or are being injected through this... Um, what they call mRNA, messenger uh, ribonucleic acid. And what's happening with that then is we're transmitting venoms from one person to another. And so your example, of course, getting a super high dose right, shows just how sick you can get. Well, turns out that many people are now getting significantly affected by these things because these venoms are accumulating in your brain, your sex organs, and your heart, and your gut. Your kidneys can overcome it. It does accumulate in the kidneys, but the kidneys actually somehow neutralize it. So it turns out that the natural antidote, gross as it may seem, is taking some of your own urine and recycling it back because it has in it the antidotes that you need. Right. That's a, and it's not just for, for this. We've talked about urine before and, yeah. and how people can use it to yeah. heal themselves. Right. It's a homeopathic messenger that tells you or tells the rest of your body what it needs to know. Right. Yeah. So you just pee into a into a glass and have yeah. a sip. Do you have to yeah, drink like it's... two liters of it, or no, just no, no, just a small of... amount, just a, I don't know, a shot glass, one or two ounces. But what's what's interesting is that okay. it's it's more palatable when cold. Right. So you can just collect it and refrigerate refrigerate it and use it that way. Oh, uh, okay. It's it's something that I'm having a hard time with. It's a cultural thing, but it is very much a cultural thing. Yeah. It takes it these sort of things take time, a little bit of dedication, and being around people that are also doing it, I think helps. And yeah. the reason that I say that is in many places in Central and South America, you don't flush the toilet down the toilet. So you basically I mean toilet paper, I mean. Right. So you do your business in the toilet, you wipe yourself. Now you've got this piece of toilet paper with a whole bunch of stuff on it that you don't really want to talk about. 
and you put it in a small garbage can beside the toilet because the paper will clog up and no one will be able to flush the toilet. And so I know some people that have, I've, I, there's been a few places I've been where I said, like, do you or don't you? And they said, oh, well, we're supposed to not, but we do because we just can't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas after five years of being in Central and South America, doesn't matter to me at all. In fact, if I keep looking and the question is, should I or shouldn't I? And if I'm not sure, like, I, well, I don't want to insult my hosts by leaving a pile of soiled toilet paper in the garbage. However, it's it's the uh, sign of caring that you're not clogging his toilet. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's. But and I agree with you. Like the the idea of drinking my own urine is makes me ready to to sort of. I feel nauseous just thinking. It's a bit of a gag. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. start slow. Which reminds me, what I have a. So here is today's quiz question of the day: What is maca good for? M-A-C-A. Well, maca is a metabolic stimulant, right? Maca grows in very high elevation, 14,000 feet. It has within it the resilience of having to overcome the harshness of that environment. So mm. with it comes the message of increasing resilience. So when it raises your resilience and metabolic capacity all things function better. So, of course, it's typically known to raise your um, virility, ability to perform sexually, but it also raises your metabolic and athletic ability. So if you want to exercise more and lose weight, it's a good thing to take. Yeah, definitely that. Okay, so one of the things that happens, folks, is when I go to the Life Enthusiast website, and I just started doing this actually, is do you have a wish list, a function of a wish list? See something you like, you can hit the heart and it'll go into your wish list and then you don't have to search for it ever again. So, you know, I've only known and been around the Life Enthusiast website for 15 or 17 years. And in the last six months, I thought, why am I always searching for the stuff I want? And then I never remember all the stuff I want. Why don't I just like make the wish list? So I started making the wish list. And one of the things that happens then is I look through the wish list and I'm looking for Lazarus and Nanosoma for sure. And then what else do I kind of want? And you've got a line of just absolutely amazing herbal extracts and maca is one of them. So I just ordered it. And I, this is not thinking I need it because of this, that, or the other thing. This is really kind of a feeling thing. Like if you asked me why I couldn't answer you why, but I just really wanted it. And so I, for, and the the uh, delivery was to this place. I've been here like two days. So the last two days, I've had this little ball, bottle of maca. And I have to tell you, Martin, it tastes like horse piss to me. <laughs> Not having ever tasted horse piss, but I think it tastes like horse piss. It's horrible. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's just got that, like, where's the donkey pissing on me? <laughs> but there was something in my body that said, you know, we need this maca yeah, stuff. Right? And so every once in a while, it's been, I think probably over a year since I've had, had a bottle of it. Uh, I just feel like, and there's a few other ones. I don't recall off the top of my head that every once in a while I go, yeah, I need to get this. Not, not, I need to get this. It's kind of like, 
you know, the craving for ice cream, you know, yeah. oh, it's eight o'clock at night. I need to have a bowl of ice cream or a cookie or something. Well, it's like way subtler than that, but it's just that little voice that says, you yeah, know what you need to have. A it's a little nag, a little nudge. Yeah, yeah. A little nag, a little nudge. And so yeah. I nagged, I nudged, I got nagged, I got nudged and I got it. And I'm happy that I, uh, that I got well, it. Your work stronger. I don't know what, uh, stay up late, <laughs> abuse yourself a little more. So don't take it like two hours before bed or no. I'll be buzzed. You don't. want to take it earlier in the day, right? Yeah, for sure. I learned that with iridesa is a stimulant too, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah so keep you away. In, in when I was in Coquitlam, I'd be uh, it'd be like eight o'clock. I'd be kind of tired, and I and I wasn't thinking about being stimulated. I was just thinking I'm going to have my Exla product before I go to bed, and then it'd be two in the morning, and I would be like wide like. I would be wide awake from like when I drank it till two in the morning and working away like crazy and then going to bed and getting up at six. It's like, well, it's just like insane. So take, make sure that you check with Martin and when the best time to take it is because you don't, you want to take stuff that gets you a good night's sleep because 10 to two is when your circadian rhythm, I think jumps in and you want to do all your healing. Here's the one you would want to take in the evening. Or a sill. Or a sill. Or all the other green ones, like we have the XLA 50 or we have the Aura Greens, but they are based on green things. And chlorophyll is the parasympathizing uh, nutrient. So it activates the rest, repair, digest, the parasympathetic side. Uh, It'll okay. allow the restful phase of our existence rather than the stimulated side of being so cool. if you're ready when you're ready to shut it down take the green ones when take you're ready to stuff. fire it up take the purple ones okay oh so one last thing actually two last things remind me about spoons if i forget the spoon story okay now this tastes good Yes. If you've tasted iridesa, I describe it as drinking mud. <laughs> it is tough. And I it it's exactly if you got some mud, put it in a glass and drank it, you would probably say it tastes better than uh, iridesa. But iridesa works. That's the important thing. Yeah. And but this has a great blueberry taste and it tastes delicious. Yeah. And Martin and I have obviously have had lots of conversations about lots of products and I'm have my own opinions on what he should be doing and what he shouldn't be doing. And, and uh, when, well, before this came out, I was iridesa, iridesa and uh, stratiflora mostly. And they always had spoons in them. And I said to him, like, you know, they're plastic spoons, you know, the environment, like get rid of the spoons. And he said, no, you know, people don't know how many, you know, what size a spoon and if, and it, should I use a spoon or what? So we put the spoon in as a convenience for our customers and blah, 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 blah. And I go, yeah, well, okay. You know, it's, I mean, it's your business, do whatever you want. There's no spoon in this, Martin. And I missed the spoon. I put my foot down and I said, we're done with the spoons. And, uh, there is no chance that there is no spoon in the kitchen drawer where you are going to use this. So Find a spoon. I'm, in, I'm the in a drawer. hotel room 
I'm in a hotel room and there's nothing. There's just a glass and some water and this. And it's like, I got no spoon. Oh so I just poured. I poured. I, so anyway, I had to laugh because, you know, here I am telling you, no spoon, no spoon, no spoon for years. And, oh, and it's like, oh, there's no spoon. Mark. I just cannot win. <laughs> I just cannot win. But I have to tell you that you can actually pour it slowly. Mm. Like it doesn't come streaming out or anything. And that's what I ended up doing for two days. Is I just would, you know, watch it closely pop, you know, so it's not exactly a spoon. Yeah. I mean, it was never exactly a spoonful before anyway. And then and then stir it. And one of the things that I love about all the excellent products is um, like you can just stir it and it'll mix in. Unlike when you get a lot of these chalky powdered protein drinks where you need a blender to actually get it to work. Right. So that's, uh, so that's, that's really cool. So that's a fairly long commercial, but thank you. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There is. And so uh, I wanted to do a recap. And I wanted to do a look forward uh, in as, as it relates to the astrology, because I have been using these. Uh, oh, talks. yeah. You keep telling me about what's happening in the new year based on where Saturn and Jupiter are and stuff like that. And so I've and been stuff uh, like that. I've been um, I feel like I have recapped the year. There's been a lot of health problems, a lot of sickness. And for me, this has been a major help. Right. And I'm looking forward to a strong, healthy 2023 now that I've got all this stuff behind me. Yep. You probably will be okay. And um, for the last many years, since 2008, we've been talking about Pluto and Capricorn and how it's dealing right. with the societal things, right? Because it, Pluto is the principle of transformation and the evolutionary forces and transform transformative forces of life and death, right? Pluto is actually killing that which needs to die so it can be reborn, the principle of the phoenix, right? Being right. reborn from the flames. And so in Capricorn, that is coming to a close now. It's about transformation of social structures, of corporations, of authority, of established hierarchies. And all of that is uh, just almost cooked up. So what, what happens is the following. Um, um, Pluto is leaving Capricorn in March of 23, 23rd March. And then it's then it goes back in in June, and then it leaves for good into uh, Capricorn in June twenty three. Uh, in sorry, on January twenty twenty four. So what okay. I'm trying to say here is, we now have the last three months of the full stay of Pluto in Capricorn. So focusing on corporations, authority, social structures, established hierarchies. This is the crescendo. And then when we sneak out for three months between March and June, we're going to get a glimpse of Aquarius. And then, then it's all going to finish up. So 2023 is about cleaning up this whole thing about the social structures, 
and authority and hierarchy and all of that. So I reckon that we might not see, it tends to leave nothing standing. The, the best metaphor for Pluto I have is you're sifting the ashes of your burnt down buildings for the nails that are left behind. So all these super authoritarian people are going to be uh, moving on? It's it's definitely now coming to a head. This is, this is the time. So I don't know whether it's all going to go for the la-la-la force of good democracy wins or if it's going to be, oh, shoot, we are all now stuck in a fascist, communist, authoritarian hell of uh, 1984-style, as George Orwell would put it, um, you know, right. big brother misery. However. So there's either going to be a new hope or the empire is going to strike back. Yeah, right. And so now this first glimpse into Pluto in Aquarius is going to be transformation of the rules and the social norms that hold the society together. Mm. Ideas about humanity, how we use science, how we use technology. Is technology, in fact, the thing that is something we should trust or rely upon? Right? Right. So we're going to be seeing now. These I can totally see that. I can totally see a, a huge rejection of technology because it has been used for such evil in the past few years. Yeah. Going past, you know, not just the last two years, but even going, you know, beyond that. And, yeah. but we're also seeing uh, like Elon Musk and Twitter, who knows how that's all going to shake out, but yeah. he's basically come out and said, well, you know, they were, they were censoring uh, the, you know, the other side. There was one side they, you know, that they were on, and if you were on the other side, they were censoring you like crazy. Yeah. And we know Facebook and YouTube were banning people for. Oh, they're totally against. They're totally in in the pocket of the rulers, the controllers, the those who want to promote their narrative. I, I right. mean, to to outline it, right? Money in politics is the thing number one. Here's how it happens. Yep. When you have money, you can buy lobbying. And with lobbying, you can buy influence. And because people in the po in politics are wanting to be reelected, they go begging for money because they need to campaign. This is the, right. the screw-up that we have created, is that right. instead of having public money or no money or whatever... Well, and now with technology, you could have Zoom meetings and people could just tune into your Zoom meetings and ask questions and you can reach everybody almost free. Yes, that part. But you still are wanting to get money from people who have money. And instead of raising it $5 at a time from everybody, you just go for the whale and you want to raise yourself a big chunk right. of money. And you become beholden to that benefactor because right you will want to go back to them right. right and because of the promise of i'll do this again then you want to do what they would want you to do right 
So if your benefactor is the people with money and they're the pharmaceutical companies, then you will write the stuff and vote for the stuff that does not cross them. And the same thing happens in the media because the pharmaceutical companies are the biggest advertiser in a non-election year. Then the uh, station manager and the owner of the media will say, you cannot put this report out that's going to upset them because they would stop advertising here. So it doesn't even get out. So we have these parrots going, safe and effective, safe and effective. And yet it's nothing like that. It's neither safe nor That's effective. Right. It's been right. proven in court of law that it damages people. And it's been proven by statistics and science that it doesn't do much. Like the, the one that was sold to us as 95% effective, that's a relative benefit. The absolute benefit was 0.86%. Meaning... you got to love statistics, right? You can make, a, make numbers mean whatever you want. Yeah, right. Lie, lie with numbers. Lie with numbers. So true. Okay. So, um, but that, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, money in politics is the issue. Money in economy is the issue. And the solution really is to vote with your wallet. Wherever you spend your money is the oxygen of the economy. So whatever you support, whatever you buy, whatever you send money to is going to grow. And that which you will not is going to wither. So be very careful with your wallet because whatever you spend money with or on is what you're voting for. Yep. And, well, uh, but, but anyway, so I wanted to smaller... go back... Yeah, I wanted Smaller to go back shops. to this. Yeah, I wanted to go back to this thing, which uh, the line is this: We may see an uprising and a rebellion against the oppression that has taken hold in some parts of the world under Capricorn. We need a new vision of society and in the future, and what works for people and the planet as a whole. So under Pluto in Aquarius, we can expect social and technological revolutions. And I'll, I'll give you some examples. When what happened in the world when Pluto was in Capricorn? No, Pluto was in Aquarius previously. So that's what's that's yes. The let's look at let's look at history and and right? uh, see if it repeats. So it was year three hundred twelve when Constantine uh, accepted Christianity. That was one thing. The, the next time it was in 1286 to 1308, all the cathedral building, but also the English common law was codified. Or the next time, 1532 to 1553, Henry VIII, Anglicans in France, the Protestants in science, Copernicus came out in 48 and said the system is heliocentric. But also Machiavelli put out the book prints right showing how you can enslave the world and then the next one right 1777 to 1797 you're looking at the edge right 1776 it was still in capricorn 1777 it went into aquarius 
United States was born, the Constitution, in the middle right. of it, 1789, Bastille Day, French peasants just totally overthrew the um, rulers. The king of France. Yeah. Mary the Industrial Revolution the got of... going in those, those years, right? Right. Catherine the Great in Russia, uh, instituting reforms, uh, ending of the, um, what are they called? The vassals or the, that there was, there was the regime of the feudal society where a villager was actually bound to the village, right? And you owned the right. village and all the people in it. So that, that rule was abolished. So people were free to move anywhere they wanted to go. Right. But there will be no sudden shift into a liberal and progressive paradise of freedom and equality. Like we're going to have to work for it. You're such a pessimist. No, 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 no. Nothing's given free. You have to work for it. Like there will be new ideas coming in and we have to work together and we have to work collaboratively and in friendship and we have to work as, you know, you cannot ask for freedom. That's sort of like sheep asking the wolf to let them go. Right. Not going to happen. No. Yeah. There needs to be a, uh, I don't know, a stampede. <laughs> so there will be yeah. increase in the desire for reform. So around the world, Martin, we're seeing that. You talked about stampedes, you know, mm -hmm. the, in Canada, we have the, you know, the trucker convoy. Yeah, they got there was restless. A, yeah. Yeah. We have the trucker convoy that happened in the United States as well that didn't get quite the same type of publicity. But throughout Europe and now in Brazil with their latest election, you've got millions and millions of people that are out on the street demanding uh, change yeah. or saying, you know, we don't accept this the way it is. Like yeah. you've got it. Yeah. You've got to change. Yeah, and, and this has to do with Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn is a planet of realism or reality of hard facts and whatever. And it has been in Aquarius, but it's it's now ending. Saturn was out and is returning to Aquarius on 17th of December and will be there until March 7 of 2023. Last time Saturn was in Aquarius was in 1991 to 1993. Russia fell apart. The whole communist experiment went to hell and all of that. So we stand a chance that in these next three or four months, we're going to see this blown out. Because Saturn in Aquarius will build new structures, bring people together, exchange visionary ideas, uh, right. humanitarian values, and also massive innovations in science and technology and uh, changes in political systems around the world. Right? Nice, nice. So this is this is big deal. We stand a chance of it happening. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? We need our freedoms back. So we, we need to be unafraid to step up and ask. And not just ask, but act. And demand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, when we, we get to that the government you know, is supposed to be the servant of the people. And right now, it's the government is acting like the people are its servants. Yeah, exactly. That is correct. 
So the slave has an upper hand over the ruler by refusing to comply. Right. I mean, this happened in the unionization movement, right, back in, I don't know, 1910, 1920, thereabouts, when the workers got together and unionized and said, no, you do not get to treat us like whatever you treated us. Right. And the only tool they have is that they can lay down tools, right? right. They refuse the service. Yeah, and it, there's an interesting thing about that um, idea of laying down the tools and not complying versus rioting, because I'm absolutely convinced that the powers that be are quite happy if you riot because it gives them an excuse to send in guns and police and tear gas and cause all sorts of havoc yeah. and beatings and everything else. But when you just stand there and don't do anything. Yeah. This is when where yeah. Gandhi had it figured out, right? Right. Peaceful yeah. resistance with dignity. Yeah. No, yeah. you can't make me. Yeah. And yeah. And no, and I'm not going might... to. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to wash your toilet. No, I'm going to uh, feed your children. Go do it yourself. Yep. Right? And I think that was a major reason why there was so little violence in Ottawa during the truckers' convoy, was the people were there very clear in their in their purpose, in their mission, and in their desire for peace. And that they weren't there to destroy. Unlike the previous summer, in the United States, you know, a number of cities were just burning to the ground, practically, it seemed right. anyway, you know, and yep. of course, that was a totally different type of protest. Yeah, that was a, there was a movement. Well, yeah, I, I don't even want to label it. The, the way I understand it, it was largely supported by the shadowy movers behind the scenes, fomenting that thing. Right. As you said it, you said it correctly. It really suits the ruler really well when there is a uh, in conflagration because they can step yep. in and just say, the only way we can deal with this is to put out Violently. the flames. Yeah. Meet violence with violence. Yeah. And well, they the, really the don't Iranian, know what to do. They yeah. really don't know what to do when you're just sitting there. I mean, they'll take a few people. I mean, there's always sacrificial lambs. They'll take a few people and put them in yeah. jail. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure they'll beat a few people, but, you know, they can't beat 10,000 people standing there doing nothing. Yeah. This is how East Germany collapsed. I think it was 1989, where previously the East Germans were somewhat compliant and just putting up with it. But at, in the summer of 89, they'd had enough, and they started leaving by the tens of thousands. They just climbed into their little turbant cars and started driving into Hungary. And from and Hungary had so many people at the border with Austria, they said, the heck with it. You can go. We don't care. You're not our citizens. Leave. They just opened it up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. In Czech Republic, in Prague, the German embassy, which I was at, I visited it, I, I mean, I, I, I know it well, is a compound that's something like maybe two acres. 
there were 2,000 people in there. It was unbelievable. And they would pull up one another over the wall. The wall is something like 10 feet high wall. So you need to lean down and grab the person by the hand and hoist them up over the over the wall into the compound. And of course, wow. the the embassy is a sovereign That's uh, right. country, in, sovereign uh, territory of the other country, right? So, <laughs> so the West Germany had the um, th thousands and thousands of these East Germans staying there. They couldn't leave. Right. But they were on the sovereign soil of the free Germany. So eventually it all just opened up and uh, it collapsed. And the rest is history, right? The uh, Berlin Wall was canceled and Checkpoint Charlie was opened. And then we went. And I reckon that something like that is coming for this vaccination doctrine. I think something like this is coming for the gaslighting censorship doctrine. Yeah. All of this will eventually be revealed and be served up as lies. Just just lies. Yeah, it seems to be happening like right now. There's different news that I've seen. Well, I've actually been shocked at the Canadian uh media because they have in my a lot of them in my opinion well maybe i should say some of the but like the national post and even the cbc are running things that are very critical of the government and of the leadership in the government and i'm mm -hmm. just like wow i just i'm shocked because after two years of just saying whatever the government said was mm -hmm. right they're now yeah. starting to question things and and um, in CNN, they've had a, a major coup. The, there's a new president or whatever, and he's been firing a ton of people who are very political in their opinions, and they let that into the news. So, and he's on the record of saying, we want to be a news company, not a polit arm of a political yeah. A part of the country like and, and this so is going to be the difficult thing for them because of course uh oh uh, what's his name da, da, da. <laughs> the vanderbilt boy i can't think of his name <laughs> oh man oh the silver-haired announcer can you think of this word oh well it doesn't matter anyway the sponsor of his program is pfizer Right. right. All of their sponsors are Pfizer's. And I mean, there's so many shows, it's Pfizer. And uh, they seem to, hopefully they're willing to say, you know what, you know, this was what we're going to do. If you want to be part of the sponsorship, go ahead. If not, we'll find someone else. And it well, all comes that's down going to, to be money, challenging right? for them, right? Because of course it takes money to run this show, right? Right. So if well, you lose you know, your... the, that's the That's the interesting thing too, though, right? Like, so here's an example. I'm going to sponsor Life Enthusiast. I happen to have a billion dollars. So I'm going to give you a million dollars a year as a sponsorship. What are you going to do? You're going to say, wow, I can buy a bigger house. I can buy a bigger car. I can hire 3,000 people and pay them twice as much as I was paying them before. So you stick yourself into a corner where you need the sponsorship, right? Yep. Whereas if, and then I think 
Whereas if you know, all of a sudden the sponsorship goes, what do you do? Well, you say to everybody, like, we don't have any money and a bunch of you have to leave. And hopefully some of you will go back to your old wages. And if you can't, then I guess I'll just have to replace you and retrain somebody else. And so you have in this whole media TV world, you know, what athlete is worth $200 million a year in basketball? but they get paid that, right? Why do they get paid that? Well, they get paid that because the revenues are so high that nobody cares that they get 200 million, right? Well, what yep. if the revenues drop to 1%? Now he gets 2 million. Well, is he really that much worse off? Well, yeah, he's probably going to be, he's spoiled and everything else, but you know, sorry, there's nobody willing to pay you 200 million anymore. And I think, you know, so I think that whole, well, we can't afford it is all because you're paying $10,000 an hour for a cameraman when you could pay him a hundred bucks an hour. But because you had all this Pfizer money, you have this wage inflation going on, right? Do they need to live in a house that's got 25 bedrooms? I don't think so, right? So yeah. this whole money, I don't know money if thing they, that's- Yeah, I don't know if you're right about that uh, as far as the, the, the scope of it that you're suggesting. I, I don't think that they live that richly, but yes, they, they do get superstar status. There, there are, and there are people. Yeah, there are people. I mean, I just think it's crazy in baseball and basketball when you hear, Oh, you know, the, the blue Jays signed this guy and you look like what, why are they, you know, why are they paying that guy that much to hit a ball? Right. Like I don't mind being, you know, being paid well, but these are stupid numbers. And yeah, uh, I think it has to do with the revenue that the fellow is able to generate or help generate. Right. right. I mean, so well, yeah, everyone comes, but in a lot of cases, well, like the Vancouver Canucks, right. I mean, they haven't won anything in ever and they're usually having a bad losing season and they're still full, right. Rogers still pays them a fortune to, to show the games on TV and, you know, they don't yeah. have the playoff revenue and that's, you know, sad, but I, so I just think that you can, we're going to be going into a deflationary period because one of the things that they're going to have to say is, you know, Pfizer, you cannot uh, sponsor everything, right? You've got all this money and uh, you know, you can't get away with gouging the public by charging a hundred dollars for a pill. Right. Well, that's an interesting one, right? So Pfizer is standing to make billions because they have uh, created this environment in which they separated the customer from the payer. Right. The government is paying, they're paying $80 for a vaccine that they call vaccine, which is actually not mRNA shot. $80. For free to everybody because we are in panic. We are just dying without mm -hmm. it. No, we're not. But the, but the hysteria. What happens is the health authorities, the government health authorities, the bureaucrats, are in their pocket. I mean, they're going to they go and get hired by Pfizer or some other company when they decide they don't want to work for the government anymore. And so you've kind of, it's the same thing with education, right? Why are all these people having $100,000 student debts loans, right? Or $100,000 debt uh, student loans? Well, it's because they don't, you know, they go to the, they go to the college, the college says, well, you can go for three years. Don't worry about it. We're going to be able to get sign up, uh, uh, 
a loan. You these people couldn't get a house loan, but they can get a student loan. So what's that all about, right? And because you've got the student loan, so it's oh, don't worry, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks a month for 10 or 20 years, you'd be fine. You'll make so much more money in your job, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, so what happens then is tuitions go up. They pay the professors exorbitant amounts of money. Yep. Uh, it's the same thing happening there that's happening in the medical. And it's just like super inflation, hyperinflation in education. That's just totally unreasonable. It's because it's like, oh, you don't have to pay, you know, $2,000 to go for a semester. You just, I mean, we'll give you a loan and we'll charge you 10 and so that sort of thing, just someone just has to say, like, that's it. Like, you're not doing that anymore and bring it all down to reality, you know. And the thing about the pills is Pfizer will will charge, you know, 200 bucks for a pill in the United States and they'll charge 10 cents for the same pill in India. So, you you know, yeah, yeah. they can't afford it. Yeah, the yeah, carrying right. cost. Can we afford to pay? Yes. Yeah, and who's and who's negotiating it? Who's the person that's negotiating it for the U.S. government is almost on or was on Pfizer's payroll, and we're picking on Pfizer, exactly but it that. applies to all of them, right? That is the point. Yeah. That is the very point. But this is very similar to the dictators in Africa, where a uh, uh, World Monetary Fund comes in and says. Uh, Listen, what we need is we we need you to borrow several billion dollars. We'll pay you a fat fee against the resources of your country. And if you happen to default on the payments, we'll just take the resources. Don't worry about it. Right. Right. Yeah. And so the dictator. They get a nice palace to live in for 10 years until the, the people revolt. Because well, and they're then starving. he moves to Switzerland or whatever. And right. uh then the country has been impoverished and uh, the resources have been taken away by the bankers. Yeah. All good. Or right? China. China's building infrastructure like crazy. Yep. And, uh, and again, on and, the same principle, if you can't pay, we own it. Yeah. And they've taken over, I think, the port of Mombasa recently because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually really weird because I was there and I saw they built a railway from Mombasa to Nairobi that is incompatible with all the railways that are there. So in other words, whatever the gauge is, it was a different gauge. And could they have made it the same gauge? I don't know. Probably. Of course, you know, it goes from the port into the city, into the warehouse and that sort of stuff. And I was at the uh, terminal. It's a beautiful, big terminal. What blew my mind was all the employees were Chinese. Oh, so they, so they made no one wealthy. Except their own people, right? Yeah. So like, like, if you're going to build this port, then hire local people so we can put the money into the local economy. But, but that didn't. even wasn't happening. They yeah. didn't. I was just, I was just, when I mean, you don't see many Chinese people in Mombasa and there they all were working at the uh, at the not at the i wasn't at the port but at the main railway station yeah. everything goes through that they built it's amazing and of course it was almost impossible to get to because they didn't care right i mean it was the purpose was to get stuff off the boat onto the railway tracks and into into nairobi and around africa so the fact that if you wanted to be on the train no problem but you had to be on this it was a two lane road 
that was basically not moving because there was just too much traffic for the size of the road. And it didn't matter if it was five in the morning or five in the afternoon, it was just packed. Wow. And I'm like, what's going on, right? Yeah. So these examples, right? So uh, I would like to sort of circle back to the closing of this, which is um, I'm promising the audience that we are now going to see a short crescendo all the way up to end of March of this Saturn energy that's going to help us reform. And if we pull it off, then great. If we don't pull it off, then sleepy time. We're going to be stuck with this till the next time. And uh, then, then the revolution years from now. Well, the the revolution in thinking is coming, right? The 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 um, general consciousness of as I as I outlined it is changing our attitude toward technology, especially is coming. We are going to be reevaluating. I mean, I have all well. You you know not known it about me. I'm not a technology. What's the word? Defender, especially when it comes to health, I believe nature and natural is better than technological. Like we should be right. growing healthy food instead of subsidizing or supplementing, and we should be taking a natural thing that grows in nature instead of a chemical thing. And we shouldn't be injecting right. something to defend us because we're imperfect. The design is perfect. Right. The design itself is divine. We do not need an engineer to make it right. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm hoping that humanity as the whole will come to understand that. To realize that and to act on that. Here, here. I'm hoping so. that's the case too. And I think, I think it is. I think that a lot of people are moving that way. Yes. Well, we're watching the riots in China. I wonder how it goes. I mean, this is as we're as we're recording this, people have been just completely um, had enough acting out. Right, had enough. Yeah, you you can put the pressure. On this thing only so much until it just blows back, right? It reacts. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's cool. hope it's blowing so up for an exciting new year. Yeah. All right. Scott, uh, I hope that when we're talking uh, in 12 months from now, we would have different perspectives. It'll hopefully it'll be a joyous conversation about how far the world has come in such a short period of time. Well, I surely hope so. Anyway, I thank you so much for being here. For my sharing, pleasure, Martin, sharing your wisdom and uh, your understanding. And uh, I I have twenty other things that I'd like to talk about, but I I don't know if we can squeeze it all in. Well, bring up one of them and let's talk about it. Well, I see you're doing good works in uh, helping independent entrepreneurs in the uh, developing world to uh, earn a better living. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we've, we've made a start. 
I was I was hoping to teach them to start their own businesses, but uh, it's worked out that it's more about connecting them with clients that like and love and respect them and have good work have good work for them to do. And the reason we've been successful is the quality of the people that we've been able to match together on both sides. And yeah. uh, some of which now are working with you, which I'm really pleased about. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we're doing okay. It's um, yeah. These people are being paid better than they would be otherwise. And to us, it's at an advantage. So I'm, I'm quite pleased yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they're helping their families and uh, you know a lot of them are putting the money towards food in their community for those that are less fortunate and they're able to have a good uh, roof over their head and and yeah so it's really helping not just them but also i mean there's always that spin off right it helps the community as well so we're yeah we're making a difference and hopefully it'll continue to happen uh, yeah. going forward yeah what would you have hoped that I should have asked you? I had no expectation. I just came here to be with you. Yeah. What did you want to talk about, if anything? What's on your mind? What's what's brewing? What what? Uh... The only the biggest question I have is, if someone has taken the vaccine and they have problems, what should they? Well, actually, I always think about our fibromyalgia Facebook group, over 80,000 people. And it's really sad that so many of them are just identifying with their illness and they're not really willing to take a look at anything that would improve them. And now some of them are just so poor that, you know, they can't, they can't afford something like, you know, like this and they can't afford even something else like vitamin C probably. I mean, there's, there's some people that are really, really desperate that way, but a lot of them aren't, they just, you know, but they just seem to have this closed mind. And I often wonder if the things that, I mean, there's so many different stories and there's so many different aches and pains that, uh, you know, it just tells me everybody is different. Everybody gets these autoimmune diseases appear differently and we have a lot of talk going around about different, you know, myocarditis and, and different problems that people have from this experimental gene therapy that they've been taking for the last couple of years. Um, but I often wonder if the complaints that people have afterwards aren't really, you know, like the same as the complaints that a lot, not all, but uh, enough of them are the same as the complaints that the people in the fibromyalgia group get. Well, you're right about this because, of course, it's a chronic inflammatory degenerative disease and loading up your immune system with toxic things is going to do just help. Yeah. Well, that's what we're seeing. And, of course, uh, the, the word was envenomation, introducing venoms into the body. And they are causing this damage to how the thing is functioning. So there are ways to to fix it, to reverse it. And there are very few, and it's, it's actually really amazing. So whether it's injected or inhaled, whether it comes to you from in the wild or from an injection, it actually is the same thing. Okay. And the number one, if you can believe it, is nicotine. Because... Uh, the, the receptor is nicotinic acetylcholine 
receptor in the brain that is affected by this thing. And so the, the big nicotine, problem is nicotine? Well, nicotine is your defense. Okay. So smokers get less trouble. Oh, I see. But you can chew it. You can buy a nicotine gum or a, nic or a nicotine patch, or you can just get some nicotine, or you can get nicotinic acid, which is vitamin B3, niacin. And then, of course, then there are some natural things like quercetin helps, pycnogenol helps, uh, resveratrol helps, EGCG helps. All of these things are found in the Exula superfoods. They're also found in this new line that we recently brought on uh, called uh, Folium. And then, of course, you can go after the genetic problem, the, the receptor site itself. That's with the nanosoma over here over my shoulder. Right. That, that will repair the receptor sites, which will fix things. But people who are not uh, taking precautions are going to indeed suffer in their brain, their heart, their gonads, that would be menstrual pr problems, pregnancy problems, re reproductive problems for men, falling sperm rates, and um, yeah. General aches and pains. Yeah, inflammatory, rise of general Tired. Yeah. So the, the antidotes or antidotes are the vitamins, like the vitamin C, B, the works, all of that. Our famous C60, right? That's the uh, carrier of all the electrons that we need to deliver. The grounding <laughs> that you mentioned, right? right? More electrons. Raw food. Hugging trees. Hugging people. Yeah. Well, the trouble with this stuff is that it really is transmitted, right? Right. That the theory, whether it's the exosome or the virus, is kind of overlaid. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't right? matter. Don't care what you call it. You're exchanging the report of your inner terrain with your environment back and forth. Right. So you will be exposed. That zero COVID policy in China, one of the stupidest things you could have ever invented. Right. Well, I'm sure they did it because they just wanted to see what would happen and how far they could push the people. Maybe, but masking, another stupidity that just mm -hmm. doesn't accomplish anything. Right. You know, to, to wear a mask to catch a virus is about as good as trying to hunt mosquitoes with chicken wire. Right. Just, you know, the holes are this big. Doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't work. And so many people just swear by it. It's just amazing. well, yeah, but it's it's an act of faith, right? It's it's an external display of I'm doing something. But it reminds right. me of of uh, when I was growing up, women were expected to be wearing a scarf on their head. A widow was was expected to be wearing black clothes for one year at least, all black, at least a year. It was unacceptable otherwise. But of course, you know, you have the Jewish guys growing their sideburns or the uh, Sikh guys uh, not cutting their not hair, cutting wearing their a hair. turban and, right. and blah, blah, blah. All of that, you know, these are the external signs of doing something as a sign of 
I'm, I'm doing something about it. Something's happening. Something. So the, I often say, Martin, that uh, you can feel safe or you can be safe. But yeah, a lot of times people do stuff they want. They feel safe, but they're not. That's not safe. You you feel safe, but you're not. Yeah. You know, you're not doing the things that would make you actually safe. Yeah. <sighs> Good. Well, I'm glad that there's something that can be done because my biggest concern with the mRNA uh, gene therapy that I is what I call it, experimental yeah. gene therapy, was that there was permanent DNA change and you were hooped. Yeah. Well, there could but be. But then I realized that that you know he, our, our Creator made us so amazing we can heal from a lot of things. Yeah. We just you know we just it's just kind of like. You come to the cliff. Do you really want to jump off the cliff? You know, and and you know, sure, you you'll survive the it into the, you know you'll land in the water. You'll survive, but it's gonna you know you might break a few things depending on how you hit and how fast you hit and how deep the water is. But you really need to do that. Like just no, you get the sun, get good air, get 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 good water, get good food. Make sure you've got all the vitamins. Rest, live a good life. Yeah. Avoid the pain. Well, it goes right back again. Hug someone you love and um, and spend your money wisely. Spend it with those who deserve it. Think right. about what you're doing. Martin had no idea I was going to talk about uh, uh, Lazarus today. All right. <laughs> Scott. Thank you, Martin. Thank you. Life Merry Christmas. Life-enthusiast.com 866-543-3388. This is Scott Patton. You can look, look him up online. He's quite a guy. <laughs> and we're restoring vitality to you and the planet. Thank you. Thanks, Martin.